Hello, everybody. Welcome to our post-Oscars recap special. Well, uh, judging from the reaction on social media, for what that's worth, I would say last night's Oscar telecast was one of the more polarizing ones in recent memory. Usually, the morning after, we're all just piling on about how terrible the show was and how embarrassing it was and how full of itself it was. But I thought last night was a really, really interesting Oscar telecast worthy enough to just jump on here quickly, try to capture some of the feedback that I've gotten from people who feel very strongly pro and very strongly con, tell you a little bit about my own thoughts on the telecast and see where we end up. Because I think it's fair to say that for a number of years, it's felt like the telecast has just been ebbing away from itself, becoming less and less relevant as our media universe expands and our access to things expands. So within and without the industry, quote unquote, how to fix the Oscar telecast has been a topic of conversation for years. People love to sort of debate what's wrong with it, what could be fixed, what can't be fixed, why is it the way it is, what's the right calibration for the show going forward. So I want to start with just a little bit of kind of a backpedal into sort of what the problem, quote unquote, has been over the last number of years. I think the telecasts that we all kind of remember fondly probably stretch back, I would say, more than 10 years ago. I think that telecasts hosted by, you know, David Letterman or uh, Billy Crystal or Oprah, you know, when the telecast used to be turned over to a host and a host personality, for better and for worse, the telecast assumes that host's POV. You can't get away from it. This is the same issue that every show has when deciding to or to not have a host. So in those years, the shows were noteworthy because the host said or did funny or outrageous things or didn't say or do outrageous things. What we often responded to were not so much the moments of the show, but what the host did, what their vibe was, what their shtick was. So if you remember Letterman, you know, Uma, Oprah, like these are the things that sort of take over. And in recent years, based on the climate of reassessment that we're living in, you've had things where, you know, they wanted Kevin Hart to host. And Kevin Hart, purely as an entertainer, probably has all of the requisite skill sets you would imagine an Oscar host would have. But past statements that he made, past videos they put out became problematic and he had to step down. So that's some of the issues when you turn the telecast over to a big name host, right? If you have Ricky Gervais, he's biting the hand. He's not there to celebrate Hollywood. He's there to, to puncture Hollywood. And it's not that Hollywood doesn't deserve that or that there isn't rich material to do so. But is that what we want when we tune in? to the Oscars. So part of the issue has been the telecast has become unwieldy. It's become bloated. It has become out of step with the times, which is kind of interesting when you consider that, in my assessment, I think one of the reasons it's out of step with its time is it's trying very much to be in step with its time too often. And by that, I mean tuning in to listen to, by and large, rich, entitled actors pontificate about social justice issues 
it may feel good in the moment. It may be what you want to hear or what some segment of the audience wants to hear. But for probably a much broader segment of the audience, that's not what they're tuning into the Oscars for. There's plenty of other places to get that nowadays. And that's, I think, one of the things that's really been a struggle for the telecast over the years is that it used to be this was one of your few occasions where you could see a movie star. You could hear a movie star talk off the cuff, not in a movie. But nowadays, I mean, you can go on Instagram and you can have a much more immediate kind of awareness of who and what a celebrity is and does. And so I don't think it feels as special to see the red carpet or or celebrities, you know, approaching the dais to speak as it used to. And I think as that has kind of ebbed away, the telecast has really struggled to kind of find its footing and replace that feeling of specialness with something other than kind of uh, look how important we are. And I think that's also been something that's turned people off in years past is the self-importance, the self-indulgence. You know, anytime you have an industry rewarding itself by definition, it's somewhat self-indulgent. But I think in years past, it's been a little, it's felt a little tone deaf to hear some of the overwrought ways in which the telecast has told us that movies change the world. That too just has felt increasingly out of step with the world because the things that are changing the world are not the movies, okay? It's real life and death situations taking place in our streets, in our communities, in our towns. That's what's changing the world or not changing the world. You know, the movies isn't the place for that. And, and the movies have struggled with that. And as the movies themselves have changed and the types of movies that are getting made have changed, I think the telecast also has suffered in an attempt to try to speak to the movies that we are watching. You know, this, this telecast a lot was made that like these are among the least watched movies ever nominated for Oscars in many cases. And a lot of that is due to the pandemic. But in a good way, I think the, the Oscars the community that votes for the nominations did a very good job of selecting a pretty wide swath of films across a bunch of different genres. So the telecast in years past, here's the things that people inside the business talk about when they talk about like, God, what do we do to fix this? And I've had occasion to talk with some people who have worked on the telecast uh, over the, let's say within the last five to seven years, you know, had worked on a number of the telecasts and one of the things that always comes up is we just don't have the flexibility to alter the categories that are handed out. So a lot of a lot of stuff gets written about if you were drawing up a list of categories today that spoke to today's audience, would they be the same as the categories drawn up, you know, 60, 70 years ago to to reward filmmaking at the Academy Awards? Probably not. That's the advantage that other sort of newer award shows have had is that they have the ability just to make up the category. So MTV Movie Awards, you know, that was a big thing because let's let's do Best Kiss. Let's do all these other categories that are fun. And fun is what people are generally tuning in for when they're tuning in to an awards show. And awards shows as a thing too, I think are increasingly out of favor because as Joaquin Phoenix said last night uh, in presenting, I think the last award, um, the idea of choosing the best, the choosing the one best out of these five nominees, I think as we learn more about 
the industry, the business, the movies, the people in the business, the people in the movies, the actors, you realize that it's, it's, it's so arbitrary as to be largely unnecessary. There is no best. It doesn't exist, right? If it speaks to you in a certain way, great. That might be the thing you loved the best. If it speaks to me in a certain way, that might be the thing I love the best. Now, of course, there's a whole host of business reasons why winning an Academy Award or winning a Golden Globe means something to the careers of these people. And that is, a, I think, a real and demonstrable thing to some degree. Uh, but let's not forget, it's all still just a construct. Just like the concept of being a movie star is just a construct. It's just something we all agreed we would pretend is a real thing. Uh, that's not to say that acting skill or artistic talent or any of those things aren't available in any of these people or in any of these films, because of course it is. But the, but the very idea of sort of saying, this is the best film of the year. This is the best director of the year. We all like to engage in that conversation because it's fun, but it really is completely antithetical to artistic accomplishment and achievement. And in a way, if you were celebrating movies, would you choose the best? Would you choose a winner and a loser? Or would you maybe do that a different way? So because the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences is made up of divisions of all of the different factions or most of the factions that go into making a film, that's why you have the categories that you have. So cinematographers, editors, directors, actors, writers, costume designers, production designers, you know, all of these sort of fiefdoms and factions within the Academy want their moment and deserve to be a part of any award ceremony that goes forth. So that's why you can't just cut out certain things that the average viewer, the average movie fan at home might not really care about audio editing or might not really care about best documentary short or best animated short. Um, but those things are never going to go away from the telecast because to take them out of the telecast is to lessen the importance of that division of the Academy. And that's just not going to happen in a show put together by the Academy. So you have some limitations. That's always been a problem. But, and I saw a comedian, Greg Wilson, uh, posted last night that it's insane to him that casting directors don't get Oscar nominations. And he's 100% right. Um, if you're going to honor all of the other aspects, production design, editing, cinematography, directing, writing, like casting has to be amongst the most important things. There's a really funny moment when Riz Ahmed was presenting uh, a best short award and they kind of wrote in this moment that I think did not play as well as they had hoped, which was like, let me see a show of hands of everyone in the train station setting uh, who got their start either in or making a short film. And like five people raised their hand. You know, what if he had said, can I see a show of hands for all the actors in the room who feels like they got their big break because a casting director believed in them and advocated for them at a critical point in their career? I bet you most of the hands would have gone up. So that shows you a little bit about how if you were doing this thing from scratch, you might do it a little differently. But there are certain things that just can't be changed, or at least that's the thinking. Of course, if you were going to really go in and blow this thing up and start over, what would you end up with? That would be an interesting exercise, but we don't really have the chance to do that. So, okay, okay, let's get to the show itself. Now, for me, uh, I have found myself losing interest in the Oscar telecast over the last few years, up to the point of, I don't think, even watching a couple of years, paying very close attention, or just kind of being disgusted and turning it off. 
Uh, so this year, I was intrigued when I finally read, they didn't really trumpet it, which I think is kind of an interesting part of this, that uh, Steven Soderbergh, uh, Stacey Scher, and Jesse Collins uh, were the producers. And being a fan of Soderbergh, I was, of course, curious because if he's going to do something, I think it's going to be interesting. Uh, but maybe like some of his movies, sometimes they can be interesting, I don't want to say failures, but interesting experiments. But in what little he said leading up to the telecast, which I thought was the right approach too, by the way, not sort of telegraphing like, hey, this is going to be really different than what you're used to. He did say that, but they didn't really do a tremendous amount of press. They sort of just let it be. And I think it'd be interesting to debate whether that was a good strategy or maybe a strategy that didn't really tee it up quite as well as it could have, because this was definitely the biggest reimagining of the Oscar telecast that we've ever seen. This is the first one I think you're going to be able to point to and say, wow, that's where things really turned a corner. And I think some of the innovations will definitely be a part of this ceremony going forward. At least I hope they will be. So what they imagined was that this thing looks and feels more like a movie, like the thing that we're celebrating. So shooting it in 24 frames per second gives you that cinematic look. Shooting it in widescreen format, 16 by 9, gives you that cinematic look and feeling. It allows more information to be presented uh, in the frame. It allows for a more artistic presentation. So this was not a TV show, although it was. It was really produced, filmed, and edited, I'll say, although that's really more switching in live television, but it was really produced, filmed, presented, and edited like a film. And the way that the cameras moved, uh, the way that they kind of swooped in and around the different banquettes to, to, to land on the nominees was all new, was all sort of a completely different way of doing this. And what the people presenting the nominees were doing was also completely different and more personalized uh, in a way that I thought really, really worked. I am not a fan of the staged, forced banter and patter. I just think it's always so lame. And the complete absence of that last night was such a welcome refresh, I thought. So the other big part of the reimagining was the location. Uh, using Union Station in Los Angeles was... I think a masterstroke because I think to present this as it had been presented in the past in the big theater with the million dollar sets and the, the swooping grandiosity of it just would have felt so out of touch with this, this year and a half that we've all been living through. You know, I thought the simplicity and the elegance and the ease of understanding where you were within the real estate of the picture frame uh, really contributed to a sense of of intimacy, of being in a understandable environment as opposed to a extraordinary environment. And I absolutely think you could feel the difference in the people that were making the speeches after they won. I absolutely think that the vibe in the room not being so grandiose contributed in a positive way to the speeches that we got. I'll be curious to hear after the fact. It feels to me like they also, as producers, I heard a couple of people mention, like, they told us to, to write our speeches out. I think that they definitely at least presented uh, nominees with some ways to think about your speech and maybe ways to organize your speech or just to have it ready to go. Because a couple of people mentioned that they were told to do that and didn't do that because they didn't assume they were going to win. I felt the speeches themselves were all 
really well done. I thought they all kind of spoke to why the individual got into the business, what they liked about the business. I thought it was all sort of personal and it just wasn't the same recitation of, you know, agents and all this kind of stuff. And there were some great, great memorable speeches, of course. Uh, so I think the room contributed to that. I think the way it was shot and filmed contributed to that. And another huge aspect to me was uh, obviously not having a formal host because I think that allowed the producers to to set the tone. The show is the host, and that's as it should be for the Oscars. I don't think we could ever see the need to go back to having a personality-based host for this evening. It's just not required. The commentary that the host typically used to provide is all taking place on Twitter. So if you want to hear what people are saying about what just happened, you don't need Jimmy Kimmel to come out and make a joke that someone wrote for him backstage. You just, you're gonna be looking at more interesting and more funny people doing a live commentary on the show in real time on your second screen, as they say. And I thought that the show played to that very, very well. Having Questlove. This is such a simple thing. There's two very simple things, and this is the first one. The first simple thing they did was having Questlove be the musical director be the DJ, play the music in and out of commercial breaks, play the music in and out of uh, presenters introducing categories. This, this gave the entire proceeding a personality. It gave it an emotional temperature that he was in control of. It gave it a, an intelligence in song selection that I felt was one of the biggest sweeping changes in the telecast that is such a simple decision turned over to exactly the right person, which had such a, a, a great ending result in the telecast. I, I thought his contribution was as important as the producer contribution. And I think that's an invaluable part of this. If he doesn't do this going forward, it's a disservice to the whole concept of award shows, honestly. I, I couldn't say enough about how much vibe and personality his song choices added to what usually is just throw away a whole throwaway part of the telecast of which there's a lot going in and out of commercials and you know here are presenters so that was an amazing choice whoever made that choice uh Questlove just killed it I thought he did an incredible job and really teed up his own directorial debut coming out this summer uh incredibly well so I couldn't say enough about how great I thought he did as the musical director and the other simple thing, nobody was cut off by music in the middle of their speech. I mean, this is like one of those things that is in the control of the Academy for years that no one has ever <laughs> been able to do because I think a lot of the producers before, you know, are people that produce big TV specials. And there's just certain things that you do if you're that type of person and you have that type of personality. I'm in control. I control when you stop speaking. You know, the telecast controls when you do and don't speak. You're not in charge of that. But the whole reason we're here is to listen to these people who have potentially life-changing moments just occur. We want them to speak and fumble through it if that's what they're going to do or, or, or read off their piece of paper if that's what they're going to do. But not seeing one person interrupted by music in what is one of the most important career moments for them is such a smart thing. And I felt like that contributed so much more to the watchability of the telecast. And I also felt like I learned more about everyone because they weren't just rushed without that pressure. It, it really was such a huge, simple change. So I, I really thought that the way they reimagined this was so intelligent. The graphics looked amazing. 
you know, the frame looked, it looked like, and it didn't look like every other award show. It looked like an award show directed by, produced by the best Hollywood talent there was. And that's, I think, what it was. And so here's some of the feedback I've gotten for people that really didn't like it. And there are a lot of people that really didn't like it. I think that a lot of people felt it didn't have, the first thing they felt it didn't have was the bigness of previous shows, which I which I totally agree with, but I think that's an important change for the better because I think trying to pretend that it's as big as it has been in the past has been a mistake of telecasts in the recent past. It's just Hollywood doesn't occupy that space anymore. The Oscar telecast just doesn't occupy that space anymore. And there's this idea, particularly among television executives, that, oh, if something was this big, it should be that big now. And that's just not the way viewership works. You know, I think that the concept of allowing the telecast to become right-sized was a very smart choice. So if you were looking for what they're wearing on the red carpet, if you're looking for glamour, if you're looking for titillating moments, embarrassing moments, you know, that, the telecast was almost completely free of all of that in a great way, I thought. But I know that a lot of people want that spectacle and the fact that they felt that they didn't get it was something they were disappointed, disappointed by. I think a lot of people didn't like the the bios and the introductions and the longer speeches, which I think is kind of funny, but I think it also points to what you're watching for. I think this was a telecast for people who really love movies. That's who it was for. Most of the people that I know in and around the industry all loved the telecast um, because I think it felt like you were hearing people's real connections to their careers in a way that we can all relate to whether we're in the movie business or not. But I think that a lot of people didn't get maybe the pacing they wanted. They wanted it, They wanted people maybe to be interrupted. They wanted kind of the speeches to be kept short. Um, that's one thing that I heard, uh, that it wasn't entertaining, that it wasn't like a, uh, a variety show, I guess. You know, that they, that it was maybe more more plotting, more methodical. That's a criticism I've seen. Another big criticism people had is they didn't play enough clips. They didn't play enough clips of acting, directing, writing, production design so that you could see what they were nominated for. And again, to me, sorry, there's somebody who disagrees with my take hammering on a piece of sheet metal outside. Sorry about that. To me, you know, that's part of what I think was great about the show. I think if you're a fan of movies, you've either seen the movies, most of them, uh, and you know why you do or don't agree with somebody being nominated, or you should get your ass out and go see the movie, streaming or otherwise. I do think that the telecast was very pointedly kind of saying, get out and go to the movies, whether you're going to see it in your living room or whether you're going to go to a theater when you can. That was said overtly by Francis McDormand. And then many other people mentioned it. So I think that was a thing that they decided to hit in the production and in the layout was like, hey, this is about our industry. This is about getting people to support our industry. And because you had a filmmaker as one of the key producers, I think support for seeing films in theaters was a big thing, as it should be. So I think that was a political choice, political in the sense of the industry. And I think it's a good one. You know, everyone on Twitter complaining, I, I want to see the clip. Go see the fucking movie. You see the clip. Go see the movie. And if you don't want to go see the movie, 
then shut up. You know, it's like the movie doesn't exist to show you clips so you can decide how you feel about something based on a clip. So I, that was another big thing I see. A lot of people wanted more clips. I don't need the clips because, again, the clips also, people say they want clips. But in years past, you know, the clips are part of the pretentiousness of the show and the telecast, the selection of clips. You know, they're always going to choose the most emotive clips. And that's one aspect of acting, but it's not all. And the choice of those clips becomes a thing. And when you have so many different movies and you're choosing kind of, you have to choose the showiest clip, but that may not be the clip that really represents the totality of the performance that someone gives across a 90 minute or 120 minute movie. So if you want to see more of the movies, go see the movie, period. I think that what we saw last night was that the show was becoming what I would say is right-sized. So refreshingly, I think the show was reinvented for the appropriate place that it should be pitched culturally. It didn't feel like it was trying to be more important than it really was. And it didn't feel like it was saying it had no importance. I thought it really was pitched very intelligently somewhere in between there. And I think that to me is a necessary moment. It's a necessary corner we had to turn. And I, if they stay with this production team, as I think they should, and they wanted to do it, going forward. I think there's obviously going to be things that will be tweaked and, 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 and dialed in a little bit better, but I think it, it was, it was a necessary turning of the corner, even though I'm sure when the ratings come out today, they will continue to decline like they always do. That's just part of what I'm talking about. It's like, it just doesn't have that same cultural touchstone moment that it used to have. So let's stop pretending it does. And let's do something that actually is about the business of show. And that's what they did. Now, of course, you could see the, the, you know, a lot of times in TV, they'll talk about the producer's hand being on the scale. And I think we saw that last night when <laughs> at the end, they were clearly playing towards what they assumed was going to be a brilliant and emotional climax with Chadwick Boseman winning a rare posthumous Oscar for his performance in Ma Rainey. But of course that didn't happen. <laughs> and even though of course Chadwick Boseman wouldn't have been able to be there to accept his award, when Anthony Hopkins won, Anthony Hopkins wasn't there either. And so the whole thing just kind of ended with this inert squib, which was unfortunate. But I think, you know, when you're producing a show like that, the, the, the reward was worth the risk. Because if that moment had played out, uh, I think it would have been a very satisfying and emotional conclusion. Uh, but it didn't work out that way. And I think there's no way to control that unless you're not going to have the unknown nature of who's winning. And I think that's a very, or has been at least a very important part of these award shows that you have to preserve. So if you're going to preserve that we don't, the producers don't know who won before it's announced on stage, then you can't criticize moments like that for not playing out the way they hoped or the way you would have liked. That's just part of something you have to watch. So I thought a lot of people, uh, you know, people have said it's joyless, uh, that it was private, that it was intimate. Um, you know, it wasn't something they were looking for. And I would say 
if they were looking for that, I, I think that it's misplaced to look for that in the Oscar telecast going forward. Um, I think that there were plenty of amazing moments uh, that people will be talking about. Um, <laughs> you know, there, there. I, I actually liked all of the speeches so much more than I have liked in years past. I just thought I got more out of them and people were funnier. Harrison Ford was great. Uh, the woman who won for Minari was amazing. That was, an, that was probably the best speech of the night, I thought. Um, and yeah, you had some kooky sort of people who, you know, were winning for small short films that, you know, kind of went on too long or didn't let the woman talk, which I noticed certainly in a couple of examples where you have like a male and a female director. It's like the dude's going to do all the talking. Uh, that happened with the one of the short films, I think, when the, the, the French for Claudette. You know, the guy just went on and on and on and on and on. And the woman's standing there kind of waiting her turn. And then she, you know, finally gets to speak at the end. But I mean, to the telecast credit, they didn't start playing music over her to cut her off. So I thought it, it, I thought it really worked great. You know, I, I think that I wasn't expecting that. I, I was honestly expecting not even to watch. Honestly, like I wasn't planning to watch. And it was my wife who was like, hey, oh, the Academy Awards tonight? Oh, like, make sure you tape that. I want to watch it. And so... I sat down to tape it right at, right at the beginning and, and then right away, visually, it got me. Just because visually, I was like, wow, this looks really cool. This, this looks like unlike anything I've ever seen in an award show. And so that was the hook. And then I think once I started to understand how they were using the train station location, how they were using the remotes, which also is another part of this, okay? So films, movies, Hollywood is not an LA business anymore in the way that it used to be. It's a global business. It always was. But right now you're looking at really people from all different countries, all different cultures who have nominations and are in countries all around the world, you know, waiting for the awards to be given out. And I thought the sense of globalism that the show was able to convey wasn't forced. It, it, it led with globalism through having people around the globe, whether it was all of the Brits together, you know, at three in the morning in London in a certain theater waiting there, or whether it was people on these outdoor shots in their own countries uh, waiting for, for the, to be introduced and, and or to possibly win awards. I thought that really contributed a sense that this is not just a little self-congratulatory navel-gazing show taking place in the Dorothy Chandler Pavilion in Los Angeles. It's a global telecast, and these people are in the industry, and they're all over the world. I thought it really contributed that sense. And I thought that in allowing people to speak and in introducing them more creatively, I think the first introduction where I thought, like, okay, this is cool, and she was kind of pointing out you know, funny personal tidbits, but other interesting career things. And you're able, the way they shot it, you're able to see the person kind of reacting in real time, whether they knew or not what the intro was going to involve. It, it created that sense of like, these are all real people. This is their, these are their lives. And even though they are movie stars or what have you, you know, there's a, there's a story there that got them to where they are in this moment. And that's the story that I think Soderbergh and and his pr production partners wanted to bring out. He, he described it as it's going to be a show in three acts, kind of like a movie, like a screenplay. Um, and I thought that was, I thought the first act was 
kind of getting to know everyone and getting to know the environment and getting to know the films. And there were clips played, but I think they saved the clips to the end of the telecast, which I thought was smart uh, in many cases. And so I thought the show did feel global. And I thought diversity and inclusion, which can be a buzzword or a trap for telecasts like this, I thought the show was incredibly diverse and inclusive and not in a forced way. It did so by simply telling us about or letting the people tell us themselves about the nominees who, as I said, came from all different kinds of backgrounds and, and places all around the world. So I thought it really accomplished some very tricky things um, that are very, very hard to do. And I guess that's the thankless job that you get if you produce something like this is uh, just like being a host if, of an event like this, like you're just not gonna ever really win. It's just like being a Super Bowl halftime performer. You know, it's becoming social media is turning all of these things, which used to be pinnacle moments, pinnacle career moments, it's kind of turning them all into, is it really worth it? Is it worth it for my career to take the hits that I'm going to take with idiots and keyboards and microphones like myself pontificating after the fact? So I thought, bravo to this show. I thought, this is the template going forward. I thought there was fun stuff. Okay, Glenn Close pretending she knew all about Spike Lee and DeButt. Yeah, but you know what? It was great. It was a fun moment in the room. Uh, Lil Rel loved it. And I liked the trivia moments. I frankly was okay with the fact that they didn't do the musical performances. That was moved, I believe, to another part of the pre-show where the trade-off was that they then performed all of the songs in their entirety. That's a smart trade-off to me. Because let's face it, how many Oscar songs can you name off the top of your head in the last 10 years? Uh, how many do you need to hear in their entirety? That's a different question, but I think it's the right thing to at least allow them to be played in their entirety somewhere, but the telecast isn't the place to do that. Questlove using Stevie Wonder's as for the music in the In Memoriam section. That's the first time I can remember really being moved by that section in a long time, and it's all because that is the absolute perfect song choice. Okay, absolute perfect song choice. Um, so I didn't miss the things that were missing from the show. I thought this was, and a surprise to me, because I, even though I'm a huge fan of Soderbergh, I was still wasn't going to watch. That's how turned off to the concept of the Oscars I have been over the last few years. I still wasn't going to watch, even knowing what little I read. I thought, oh, it's interesting. The set looks interesting. Yeah, shooting it 24 frames per second sounds interesting. I like the, you know, it'll be interesting to see how the train station location works. All that I thought was interesting, but it wasn't enough to pull me in. And... To their credit, once I watched, I was hooked. I was hooked visually first. And this is, isn't this what it's about, okay? It's about sound and image and personality. And that's what the telecast was about. That's what I enjoyed about it the most. So I will be very curious to see what happens going forward. And I'd be very curious to see what you all think about the telecast and what you did or didn't get from it. You know, I'm not going through all the little nitty gritty moments or the speeches and kind of giving you a 100% recap. I'm just talking broadly about a sense that I have had in movies, that you have had in movies, which is you're sitting down to something that you, maybe you're not sure about, and gradually it works its spell over you, and then you give yourself over to it. That's why we go to the movies, okay? That's what I love about going to the movies or streaming a movie at home. It's the feeling of I'm going where this is going. 
but it's taking me somewhere new and different and exciting. And I feel like I'm in good hands that know what they're doing and have a plan. And I, and I think that is the success of the mission statement, which was we want this to feel like a three act movie and we want people to have a sense of intimacy and awareness of the environment and the people in the environment. Um, you know, it was one, one telling thing I thought my wife mentioned that uh, there was an actress who was wearing a very kind of ostentatious ball gown of the old sort of Oscar telecast type. And she, she looked and felt out of place in this, in this otherwise more intimate moment. And, and I think that's the point, okay? Let's get away from that. Like that, you know, $50,000 ball gown and jewelry doesn't have anything to do with the work that she did in the movie she was nominated for. And I get that that's part of what people want to see is like movie stars gussied up in great gowns and jewelry, but that's not what they're, that's, that's not what they're being awarded for. They're being awarded for artistic accomplishment, for being good at the craft of acting or directing or screenwriting or production designing or editing. And so to me, you know, I get that that's fun, but also you can get plenty of that if you want it elsewhere. I thought it was very telling that sort of some people gravitated towards the vibe and sort of showed up dressed really well, but not ostentatiously. And other people showed up kind of dressed Oscar style ostentatiously. And I think they felt a little out of place in a way that I think is good going forward. I think it's better for the telecast to have less of that and more focus on the stuff of movies. That's what we're there to reward. It's not a fashion show. You can watch the fashion awards if you want that. And I think in years past, the Oscars have become all of that spectacle. But the spectacle kind of overtook what the thing itself is supposed to be about. And I think that's what was successful about the telecast last night. And be curious to keep reading and hearing what you all think. There's various threads going on on my Facebook page where people strongly disagree. Some people found it, I'll quote, self-indulgent and completely disconnected from most of its audience. Okay. Tone deaf. Wasn't entertaining. Disconnected. Getting smaller. I don't know. You know, to me, I, I just don't, I don't see those criticisms. But of course, uh, I'm someone who liked it. So yeah, that's where I'm going to come out. But anyway, let me hear what you think. At the very least, I think everyone's talking about it in a different way than we usually talk about it the morning after. I think that's a good thing. Wherever this goes, it was a very necessary resetting of the paradigm. And I think going forward, it bodes well for this telecast to actually be among the most interesting award shows. You know, maybe it's not the most fun to watch. I think the Grammys is always going to be the most fun to watch telecast because you've got amazing musical artists just one after the other performing in real time in a way that is very compelling to watch. That's always going to be something that's way more watchable than people talking about acting. I thought it was kind of funny at the end when Joaquin Phoenix came on and said, you know, I'm supposed to talk about the craft of acting in that moment when you disappear into a role. And then he kind of very naturally went off script and was like, but I don't really know anything about that. I've never had that moment. I guess what I do know about is 
it's kind of a bummer to have to choose one of these amazing five performances. He was real. I thought that was great. Not, not reading some scripted thing that's put together for him. He, he gave it a real moment. I thought there was way more real moments than there were unreal moments. So for me, I thought it was great. That's my little Oscar recap. I'm just doing this quickly and getting it out. I'm not going to polish it up and cut out all the ums and ahs. I'm just going to throw the music on the beginning and the end. And I will have some new episodes forthcoming as the world gets back to business a little bit. I'm looking forward to maybe some in-person episodes. Dare I dream? I think we're capable of doing that. So thank you so much for your continued support and for continuing to listen. And please do reach out and let me know what you thought about the Oscars.